0: It's the City on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. I throw balls far. You want
1: good words? Data language. -er. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm
0: forty. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports.
1: We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. What's up, Scott, tis the season, man. It's great, isn't it? God, was last weekend fantastic. Yeah, it was so much fun. Oh my gosh,
0: it was so much fun. Starting on Thursday, we talked about last Friday how good some of those games were. Thursday night, we got some up, some down on Saturday. A horrific game on Sunday that turned into an all-timer. And then Clemson kind of lollygagging around on, Friday, on Monday. But as as Mark will say at 11 o'clock, and, and, can, and I agree 100%, a day with football is better than a day without it. And so starting last night, we will have an NFL weekend all the way through until the 1st of February.
1: Yeah. It's going to be good stuff. You know what else is great news? What's that? Tomorrow, Texas is no longer an undefeated team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it. Uh, oh, that's a bold oh, <laughs> prediction. Are you okay? <laughs> D- don't fall off that limb. Hope <laughs> it's strong enough to hold you and you know uh, everybody else. <laughs> by by two thirty tomorrow, the Texas fans will will no longer be undefeated. Oh, uh, I and... think they'll accept that fate way before two <laughs> thirty. <2:30. laughs> so, uh, what were you discussing as I walked in the door today? What were we talking about? We were talking oh, Josh about Allen. Josh Allen. Well,
0: yeah, if yesterday Jared picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, he picked Josh Allen as the MVP, and he came in gloating this morning. Nobody circles a wagon he, like the Buffalo Bills, yeah, and he's already gloating. He's ready to hand the Lombardi to. Uh, I wonder who the owner is. Anyway, Sean idea. McDermott or be. Isn't that his name, McDermott? Yeah, he'll be there.
1: Um, Josh Allen, I'm sure, will be on that dais as well. If that happens, but that was that was actually not what you were talking about. Right when I walked in the door, what were we talking about? You were talking about a kicker. Oh yeah. Oh, I was you're, talking about fantasy my fantasy team. kicker. Yeah, outscored
0: Possum's running back six to nothing. <laughs> and I tell yeah. you what, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the vitriol from fantasy dorks like there was online online last night. For Sean McVay's lack of playing Cam Akers, I mean, people were genuinely mad about that. (laughs) Like, hey, he thought Darrell Henderson Jr. gave him a better shot. Clearly, he might have been wrong, but hey, it's it it didn't matter last night. It didn't. It didn't matter who the running back was.
1: Jordan Phillips I, I didn't see a running back covering Stephon Diggs oh well, I didn't see anybody blocking those big dudes up front either <laughs> running back no. tried to block Von Miller once and he just ran right through it it was it was bad but uh yeah I tried do you play fantasy Jared I, uh, I do but I or I did but not Jared this year. weaseled out this year I didn't weasel out day of the draft we had to find a replacement I for Jared. didn't I tried no. it but you and guys are You before. guys, geeks is right I mean you guys take Listen. it to another level it's not just let's sit down and draft a couple of players and have a good time. I mean, you guys spend a lot of time on this stuff. So here's what I want to know: Okay, how much are oh, yes. you willing to wager on your fantasy football skills? Well, I
2: know how much Aaron is. I wagering.
1: wagered a hundred dollars this year, <laughs> oh, which was up from fifty. You
0: must yeah. not be very. You must <laughs> no. not be
1: very confident. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> How what do you think the top entry fee is the top oh, league man. that I could find in fantasy football? 100k. $100,000 each. 10 teams. I can't even imagine. $100,000 oh. each. No wonder people are so mad at, oh, th- yeah. at Sean McVay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, winner takes home $600,000. 300 oh. to second, 100 to, to third and it all goes to charity. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. Well, it's like it uh, Jeff
2: Bezos change. and Mark Zuckerberg. Well, who, it's a bunch of this?
1: it's a bunch of hedge fund guys. Yeah. It's uh, one of the guys owns part of the Boston Celtics. It's, it's uh, yeah, they're, man, I just they
2: got it. Could not play with money like that. But well, at least it goes to a good cause. But, but, but here is the
0: crazy thing about some of this because you see, I mean, every game now has some sort of fan duel or whatever, or multiple yeah. commercials throughout, and like this weekend. They're offering it's a free pick your team, and the winner gets hundred k. I mean, how much Maybe money? Maybe need to start getting into fantasy <laughs> football. I guess the point is, how much money are they generating off wow. of betting and and off of all this stuff? Where people, you know, it's it's easy to go hop on there and play three bucks for a weekend or five, but it, the amount of people that are doing that for them to have enough money just to go throw it. I mean, you'll see sometimes it's a mill.
1: Well we for, talked for about different things. We talked about sports gambling. Did you see MGM Grand is opening up a uh a sports book in the Arizona Cardinals yes, Stadium. I did see that. The first
0: the first of its kind, yeah. an actual sports book inside the stadium. Yeah. It's here. And you, you'd think that happened at the Raiders.
2: <laughs> you would think Arizona. You, so. know, not you would think, so. you'd think it happened right there in MGM's in in backyard.
0: That's true. They probably figure, you know what? You're close enough. Just walk down the street to the probably. real MGM. We don't need to waste our time. They, they didn't want to take away from the casino. <laughs> drinks. Exactly. Yeah, there's drinks and there's actually rooms you can stay in here <laughs> as opposed to just watching the game. Hey, you know, this has been a topic that I've heard come up on Jim's show almost every Friday with the Fat Jack on there and legalizing the gambling here in this state and, and when that's going to happen, sports wise. And and every time they bring up the the money that's being generated, starting now in Kansas, yeah, and, and everybody and everywhere around and, and all the places that have done it, listen, we all know it happens.
1: Yeah, and those are short-term capital gains. It's a lot of money.
0: A lot of money. It's
1: a lot of tax money. Yes, I mean a <laughs> lot of money. So, anyway, I just I I just I've I've watched you fantasy nerds for a long time i don't know any other way to say it but your fan man and you know what i was on i just was fascinated that that these guys are putting up a hundred thousand dollars each
0: i was on your side of this for so long not playing (laughs) and i got sucked in about three years ago and i was out of my element yeah when i walked in that room with the the nerddom yeah. And the amount of information that was flowing through some of these guys' brains as far as how fan. I
1: mean, I had no that idea. That entire legal pad full of notes. And on, what on did the-
0: it, this guy was the seventh best fantasy quarterback last year. It was Kirk Cousins. He sucks, right? Not, not in fantasy. <laughs> turns out. And then, you know, like Jalen Hurts, people don't even know if he needs to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Guess what? He's really good at fantasy because he was on my team.
1: There you go. Scores those points. Scores the points. Well, runs it in. Kicker at Kansas City. Uh, Bucker. Yeah, Bucker. I mean, he's he scores more points than than your third string wide receiver <laughs> half the time.
0: Oh, here we go. Isn't that nice? Peer pressure. That's why the league's called that because they peer pressured <laughs> me into that. Yes. <laughs> well, there's
2: nothing more intimidating when you go to a live draft full of those guys, and it's your turn to pick, and you go up there to. To the big board to put your pick up there, and everyone yeah. just kind of stops talking and looks. I'm like, oh man, they're judging me by my <laughs> by my fifth round pick here. It's
1: even worse when they kind of snicker. Yeah, exactly. is. You're like, What? Jared <laughs> took a took a kicker in the third round. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's good stuff. It's a lot of fun, but uh yeah, crazy stuff. Are we? Are we? I don't want to jump ahead. Are we excited about tonight? You want to see some some hard football. This Listen, game tonight is going to be some football. In what I've watched,
0: a couple of the or both of the games that Canadians played, and one of the scrimmages, I think I'm able to access the film. If the Big Elks can run the football like they have on everybody else on Canadian, watch out, because Canadians front for the the linebackers, they fly to the ball. A lot like what you see out of the brown and white, to be quite honest. I mean, the, the, they look, they don't run the same plays, but defensively, they attack a lot the same way. And I told Jared the other day, I was like, man, this may be a first to 14 wins this game type of thing, unless somebody can kind of break it open. But yeah, uh, turnovers are going to play a huge part. Let Canadian lost last week, uh, 47-21 to Bushland, Texas, which is a ranked team in 3A out there. Both of those are 3A, but different divisions. But canadian snapped it over the punter's head on the first possession to, to the one which is gave them a touchdown they threw a three-yard pick six on the Ugh. third possession and then they fumbled it at like their own 23 in, in the middle of that so it was 21 nothing and they before their defense really even had a chance to to impact the game and so that that's one of yeah. those weird deals but yeah you're right better strap it on tonight both sides because it's going to be a hard hitting these contest.
1: guys come from culture of hard hitting hard nosed football man
0: i wish i had those uh over since two thousand and fourteen. Canadians one hundred nine and thirteen.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And four of those losses happened last year. Wow. Oh no, no, no. no. One thirteen and nine. I'm sorry. One thirteen and nine. And four of those were like a year unreal. ago. Uh they've made since two thousand and seven, I think, they've made seven state title games in tech. I mean that's that's impressive. Oh, it's it's going to be a heck of a task. What did you think, real quick for ego? What did you think about Oklahoma last week, and
1: what are you looking forward to seeing from the Sooners to clean things up this week before heading to Lincoln? I thought that I I loved the way that the Sooners flew to the ball on defense. That I mean, after after probably a decade of half of the defense watching to see if one guy makes the tackle, mm-hmm. and then when he doesn't, the guy runs for a touchdown. Uh, I loved the way they flew to the ball. I loved that they didn't give wide receivers any space on the corners to run a dead gum 10-yard out <laughs> all the way down the field. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. I They definitely have a lot of work to do. I don't know that we're going to learn anything this week. <laughs> no. no. But uh, – and golly, the freshman walk-on, how exciting was that play? I and mean, that kid – it was How? like every one of us that grew
0: up watching Sooner football. He got to live that dream that everybody had as like a 10-year-old. Well, a lot of people had as a 10-year-old kid. Yeah, except he can run like a so 40. Except he can do 40 it. Except yeah. yeah. so he actually gets <laughs> to do it. I mean, yeah. I had the Jamel Holloway jersey
1: myself, but I was 5. They used, to, they used to time my 40 with a sundial, you know. I mean, there was no danger of Scott. Let's see. They used to, you know, they used to measure my. I actually had one of the, my my vert was so unbelievable they had to bring in a new measuring system. Oh, yeah, they would slide sheets of paper <laughs> underneath. <laughs> That's a four sheeter. <laughs> and you're getting, you're getting stronger, Scott. You're getting stronger. Those four. All right, man, thanks for stopping
0: by. It's Scott Garrison with Garrison Financial. This is a Financial Friday with Scott. He can help you with all your financial planning. Shops the open market to bring the best value on life insurance and investments. Uh, give him a uh, shoot him an email at scott at soonerwealth.com 124 north, north main, main in elk <laughs> city that's uh, garrison financial scott garrison stopping by to chat with us just a little bit here on a friday i will tell you about him and garrison financial as we move along throughout the show all right jared go ahead it's your turn to, to gloat a little bit here. i already
2: did what about josh allen yeah
0: go ahead and gloat a little
2: in the buffalo bills it's easy to get to get overreactive after one game, but when this is my Super Bowl matchup, it's I'm feeling pretty confident. But Buffalo, I think it just they look like a team the past few years, ever since they drafted Josh Allen, that they have ascended up, and this could be the year. So I'm very very pleased with last night's results. Yeah, I, th- I think about now. Speaking off air now, I I have concerns about you know, and that's been the concern going into the game is Josh Allen and his his physicality approach of playing the game will that last i mean it's a long season so will that will his body hold up but he's a big guy he's not kyler murray we don't have to worry about that you know we worry about that with kyler murray through like five games but with him he's a big guy and that's how he approaches it but man one bad hit and, and it could uh, derail the season but he looked the part, um, and as a whole, Buffalo looked the part. Diggs, I mean, he did what we all expected. The defense, I think, looks slightly better than what they did last year. I mean, it looks like it's the NFC is going to run through Buffalo.
0: ASC. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. AFC, AFC. Hey, sorry. listen, the whole league might run through Buffalo.
2: Well, yeah, but it's just – I'm just – I mean, in the division, for what it is right now, with what they're in, I know you like Miami, but I, mean, I think it just looks a lot easier for them. They look really – Really good. They came in with the mission last night. Now were the Rams were they distracted by hanging banners and flaunting around the the Lombardi, and they're at home and living on cloud nine. Then boom, they got punched in the mouth by a really good team. I don't know. I mean, I'm not counting the Los Angeles out, but they they uh, Stafford did. He just he looked
0: mediocre at best. That doesn't no old water to me, or because they got blown out in the second half. All that other crap would have happened in the first half. It was 10-10 at halftime, and the Rams had the ball coming out to start the third quarter, and Buffalo just kicked their tail the rest of the way. That defense, listen, Josh Allen is awesome. We all have seen it over the past couple of years. He's gotten better and better, and in that second half, they looked almost impossible to stop when being able to run the ball a little bit, throw it. He was getting it out of his hands fast to – Negate Aaron Donald's presence, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah, I thought play calling was really good. Yeah, But that defense, at one point they had six sacks on 28 dropbacks, and it blitzed once. All six sacks came with four guys rushing the quarterback or less. Mm. And at one play, Von Miller (laughs) sacked sacked Stafford, and three different guys tried to block him. Yeah. He got chipped. There was a double team, and nobody could stop him. You know, uh, Jordan Phillips, former uh, Sooner, his name was called a ton last night right there in the middle of that defensive line. Um, man, as impressive as Josh Allen was, you kind of expect that from him, right? I mean, right. you know he's an MVP candidate, maybe even the leading, uh, the leader for that award. The defense, I think, is what was uh, was off the charts impressive from maybe – I mean, you knew Buffalo had a good defense, but that one last night, especially in that second half, my goodness, it, it just didn't even look if it wasn't Stafford to Cup, it didn't. You weren't even sure the Rams could gain a yard. And I think there, there's a trust or or some kind of issue with Stafford and, and Allen Robinson. People thought, oh yeah, it's a replacement for uh, Odell. He'll fly kind of seamlessly, put himself into that offense. They, I thought Chris Collinsworth did a great job a couple of times showing he's open. Why isn't Stafford throwing him the ball? So there, there's something to be worked on there. A couple of notes from that game last night. That is the second worst loss ever in a season opener for the defending Super Bowl champ, ever. 21-point mm. defeat. Do you happen to know who got beat down worse?
2: Was it, I'm going to guess, uh, one of the Giants teams?
0: It wasn't one of the Giants teams. Okay. And in this game actually I mean, was, one of the Eli teams. Right, that's what right. But, this, this game actually was one of the few where the defending champion had to play on the road because they had a stadium conflict with a – if you remember this, when I say it, I think you might.
2: It's starting to come back to me.
0: There, there was a stadium conflict with, like, a concert. It was 2013 after the Ravens had beat the 49ers. The Ravens had to go to Denver and Peyton Manning. Uh, okay. And, and the Broncos just rolled them up that night. Uh, Demarius Thomas had all kinds of yards – uh, and they beat them by 22, one more point. And then also, the third, the Dallas Cowboys of 1993 were beaten by 19 by the Redskins. Now, why why is that notable? Well, if week two of the 1993 season, the Dallas Cowboys were also beaten by the Buffalo Bills in a rematch from the Super Bowl of 1992 ah. then what happened you remember what happened after they started and 2?
2: then they they went on to the Super Bowl right yeah they yeah, yeah but,
0: but there, there was something that was going on there that stopped after they lost game two to the Bills what happened Jerry Jones got the checkbook out and paid ah. holding out Emmett Smith okay you know what Emmett maybe you are pretty important this team after an 0-2 <laughs> start winning the Super Bowl a year ago and you're right they did go on to win a Super Bowl um, the Bills fourth time in 50 years where a team converted 90 percent or more on third down and it felt like it didn't feel like the bills had the ball the entire second half it did i mean it's like the third quarter was gone and did the rams even have the ball Uh, billy got it they signed him that's exactly right and then here's an interesting one last night josh allen was four total touchdowns three passing one rushing that is his seventh such game which is third all-time. Who do you think are the top two? So three passing, one rushing touchdown in a game. He's done it seven times. He's two behind the all-time leader and one behind second. Lamar? Nope. This is going to be a hard one to get because these aren't two guys you would ever think of as running Running quarterbacks. uh, Peyton? Nope. On the right track, though. Eli, nope.
2: Uh, help me out then.
0: Number one with nine, Drew Brees. Number two with eight, Tom Brady. Wow. Yeah, that's a hard one to get because you never consider those guys. They're pro style guys as running the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. And also think about this. This is what? Think like, like maybe a lot. This is his fourth year in the league. Josh Allen. Yeah. He's already two behind the all-time leader, and Drew Drew Brees played for. 20 <laughs> Never, years yeah tom brady's still playing and those guys only have two more and one more than he's got in four years so uh, impressive no doubt your picks of the bills and josh allen to so, be the mvp so look pretty good after last night worried
2: about the rams or again i don't know how you can't
0: be at least a little bit just because one of the things that happened in the offseason with some offensive line things with andrew whitworth retiring trying to play replace him at left tackle and and then odell not being there anymore, you thought you had it fixed with Allen Robinson. That uh, 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 didn't look like it. Didn't look like Stafford even knew he was out there. So those are those are a little concerning, no doubt. Um, that defensively, the Bills are going to do that to a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're they just are. That that offense looks like it picked up right where it left off from the second half of that divisional playoff loss in Kansas City, where once again it didn't look like they were capable of being stopped. Uh especially there in the second half. So yeah, I think there's got to be a little bit of worry uh about the Rams, but I think the overarching thing that you're going to see, we mentioned this yesterday in the preview, the FC the AFC has better teams than the UFC And they've got a lot more of them. That AFC and the AFC battle through the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl is going to be tremendous.
1: Mm-hmm just
0: tremendous uh but man that second half yeah they're gonna be hard to beat yes they are very hard to beat oh by the way that's the first today is the first day sean McVay has ever been below 500 as a coach
1: never done it before yeah i saw that We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Security is offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer taxes legal advice the skinny on sports
0: welcome back skinny on sports on a uh, garrison financial friday here 98.1 FM, the sports annual scott garrison at garrison financial uh we mentioned you can do full financial planning shop the open market for the best value on his life on your life insurance and other investments he can also manage your investments, or if you're one of those people that like to kind of check things out yourself, watch the markets, watch all the all the financial information flow through, he can charge you hourly to set up a plan that then you can manage from, from there all on your own. So that's a really cool aspect of what he can do, as well as work with uh, your, your accountants to streamline your tax ramifications and in your, in your tax returns. Uh, Garrison Financial, Scott Garrison, Scott at SoonerWealth.com. 124 North Main here in Elk City right there on the southeast corner of 3rd Street and Main. Uh, He mentioned a little bit about the high school football. Man, there's a huge slate of games tonight all across the area. I'm going to start in 4A1. Uh, Obviously, we mentioned Elk City and Canadian. The Wildcats come to town with all the tradition in the world, especially over the past 15 years. They have been one of the preeminent programs in Texas high school football. Out in the panhandle, they've been by far kind of the rising star, the star out there in the panhandle of Texas recently and a sustained amount of time. I mentioned seven state finals appearance, five state titles, most recently in 2020. <clears throat> uh, what, what, 113 and nine since 2014. And I, uh, nine and four season last year almost doubled their loss total. Uh, over the past near decade so this is a huge challenge tonight for the Elks and in, in a giant step up in competition i think from what they've seen the first couple of weeks
2: i'm looking forward to it J- just for that i'm we've seen the first two games against inferior opponents not trying to be mean it's just it is what it is and they they did what we expected them to do now we don't know what to expect tonight maybe we do maybe we don't but we we are i'm anxious to see okay we've I want to see them go up against, a, obviously, a, a great opponent uh, with great tradition in Canadian Texas. You love the Oklahoma versus Texas aspect of it. You know, how does it match up? How do uh, does that transition from one coach to the next in, in the uh, Maynard era, is that transition period done? And now, it's obviously, it's his team 100%. Are the guys, the new guys, are they acclimated? Are they ready to go? I can't wait. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be – I think you kind of alluded to it. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, knockdown down drag-out defensive battle.
0: Yeah, I think we might see two things that we really hadn't seen challenged yet for the Elks. One, pass defense, uh, as Coach Maynard alluded to on Wednesday. <clears throat> we've seen kind of two different offenses – in the first two games from Canadian. One, spread it out, go as fast as you can, and throw it kind of around the yard. And then all of a sudden, they'll transition from that without really changing personnel all that much, in tight, almost double tight with a receiver right there close to, trying to smash it right down your face. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of – they're definitely multiple with the same personnel. And so that'll be in, an interesting – uh, battle between the offenses and the defenses when uh, Canadian has the ball, and then on the other side, no one even in that loss last week, Bushland didn't have a ton of success running the football. Seminole didn't have hardly any, and so will this. I think tonight will challenge the Oak City passing game in a way that it hasn't been yet. Uh, maybe have to hit a player or two uh, to at least open, you know, try to try right. to relax the defense a little bit and open up some running lanes, or maybe the offensive line is is what we think it might be and can handle it that remains to be seen if they can then watch out but i do think that the the elks are going to have to have at least some sort of success through the air and maybe it's just taking advantage of the aggressive nature of what canadian's going to bring to the table defensively
2: yeah i agree they're gonna it's it's gonna be a, a challenge for Jones, but I think he's up for it to to want to throw it more downfield and, and we saw a glimpse of that last week and um but penalties kind of negated that. So I, I I think it's there and um but I expect to run heavy first, set up the pass. And we could see pass come not so much out of necessity on third down in five plus yards. We could see it early in play calls to keep Canadian on their feet. But I still think, but I keep going back to if the Elks are having success running it, I don't see them abandoning no, that at no. all. Heck S- no, at all. Don't throw just because you want to be cute. I, I if they're having success running against this this massive Canadian front, uh, that has got to be a feather in your cap. Thinking, look at this, boys. We're going to keep throwing it down their throats, and we're going to keep manhandling. We're going to wear them out up front. Which we've seen the last two games, and it's a beautiful game plan. I love it. It's old school. I love it, and I, I, and again, I think that if that has success, why throw it at all? But then I think that goes back to what I, you know, I think we'll see a, a low-scoring type. I mean, it's going to feel like old-school football. I feel like.
0: I think so too. Uh, you're right, though. No, listen, <laughs> uh, I'm by no means saying it's going to be the a total change in the game plan. That's i, I just mean maybe with with the aggressiveness if there might be opportunities mm-hmm. to take advantage of some things in the past game that we haven't really seen the elk's be capable right, and of. Right, the coaches so far. are smarter than us oh, and yeah. they're going
2: to see wrinkles, and well, they're going to see, hey, this is open. This has been open. They're they're really sucking in here. Let's maybe think about popping one right now. But here's so, another
0: thing. The if if you want to have a critique of the offensive line when the elk's have tried to throw it, the quarterbacks have been pressured. Yeah. So, you know, run blocking has been pretty solid. Pass blocking, there have been a few holes in there at times. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a different challenge uh, than, than what has been the first couple of weeks. Elsewhere around 4A1, uh, Clinton with another tough one on the road at Heritage Hall uh, coming off that loss at Bishop against last week. Uh, what do you expect from the Red Tornadoes? I, from, from talking to some people and, and hearing you talk about the, the game a little bit with some people, sounding like Clinton offensively had so much trouble because they just kept on putting the ball on the
2: ground. Yeah, they were moving the ball from from at least what the box score looked like. They were having success moving the ball. And and it kind of I, I, – not watching the game in full, both games that they've played so far against Kingfisher and then McGinnis, um, asking uh, one fan who went to the game against Kingfisher how they look. And, and listen, he, he was blunt with me, and, and Clinton fans will appreciate it because they expect more. But they he said, look sloppy, but they got it done. Say so, well, that's expected. They got a lot of turnover like four returning on both sides of the ball. They'll clean that up, and the sloppiness, I guess, continued with the uh, with the turnovers that gave a really good McGinnis team an opportunity, and they took advantage of it. And in and, in and it is what it is. So I, but you expect a, a coach like Higby and the program like Clinton to clean that stuff up. There's too much pride to continue to turn the ball over like that. But again, another tough one tonight. Again on the road against a. Uh, top team in, in 3A in Heritage Hall, and it's going to be a tough one. Just If you're a Clinton fan, and this is that, you know, we've, we say it all the time, the, the non-district is to get you ready for the district play. doesn't really mean anything as far as, you know, it hurts your rankings and whatever and maybe your pride, but you want to see improvement. And I, that The first thing Clinton wants, is, if you're a fan, you want to look for is stop turning the ball over. And if they improve that, then they'll be okay. Now, will they win tonight? It's going to be a tough ask. Absolutely, against Heritage Hall, it always is.
0: Other <clears throat> games in 4-A-1, you got Cash and Elgin. Uh, that used to be a district battle. Also, Weatherford hosts El Reno. Woodward welcomes Bethany. Uh, so the Boomers with another tough one after uh, being dismantled last week by Guthrie. No, now they correct me Bethany if I'm wrong, didn't Woodward.
2: Woodward sneak up and get Bethany last yes, year? Yes, they did. Yeah.
0: That was one of the shockers. We were all kind of scratching our season. head yes. on our way
2: back from Guymon going, what happened there?
0: Yeah. It was like 12 to 6 or something <laughs> yeah. like 12 to 7. It was a weird score, yeah. a low scoring game. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Woodward did uh, up in Bethany a year ago. In Class A, uh, Merritt's got the night off. Uh, so uh, so the, our fearless boss will be able to. Might see you get some a,
2: sprinkle a, of orange shirts yeah. over <laughs> yeah, on the big outside. Yeah.
0: No doubt. Uh, you've got Fairview and Alva. Burnsville, Dill City coming off their first win. They're on the road at Cordell. Sayers back in action with Walters in town. Uh, Thomas trying to get off the Schneid. Uh, it's going to be a tough one with Cashin coming uh, to Thomas. You got Hobert and Frederick Mangum at Rush Springs. I mentioned earlier, but on Paragon TV, down in Class B, you'll have Hollis versus Velma Alma Shattuck's at Cherokee, and maybe the game of the night across the state of Oklahoma comes from Class B as well. Ceiling at Laverne.
2: That's saying something considering Jinx and Union are playing, but we'll see. But in this area, absolutely.
0: Sealing at Laverne. It
2: was the biggest eight-man game in this area. I think or in so. in this state.
0: Uh, you got Mount B. at Surreal and Class C. And Corn Bible Academy will take on Thackerville. Uh, outside of Sealing, Laverne, anything else kind of catch your eye there where you're wondering, hmm, I wonder what happens there?
2: Uh, Weatherford El Reno. <clears throat> Weatherford El Reno. Uh, Weatherford took one on the chin against Kingfisher. El Reno, a larger school, they are, what, one and one? Um, yeah, that one – that one could be very telling for both uh, both teams and what direction they're going to go this year. And then Elgin Cash, uh, uh, that rivalry games you can almost flip a coin. It looks like Cash might be better than what they were. Elgin up in five A now. They've been down a couple years, but again, a rivalry game. You just sometimes you never know. But as far as locally in our district, those two I'll keep an eye on. Anything for you? And then Jinx Union. That's always a fun oh for sure. One. It's always Jinx fun Union
0: one. is out there. Oh, yeah, Arena 0-2. Oh, That's right. They lost to Chickasha. They didn't beat Chickasha. They'd, no, they, I was but, thinking they're 0-2? They're 0-2, right. yeah. So,
2: who did they lose to last
0: week? Piedmont. Okay. I was thinking they so beat Chickasha, Chickasha, but they need lost to the
2: they're in desperate need of a win or want of a win, and they probably think they can get it against Weatherford. Weatherford desperately trying to get back to the winning ways. And they had, uh, they, they, they had some bright spots against Kingfisher. Uh, the passing was bright. So there's some desperate teams That uh, is what I'm saying in that one.
0: Yeah, that, 100%. Around the state, yeah, Jinx Union. Who else? There was one other. I'll guess Cushing and, uh, and Perkins to see mm. if Perkins has anything for Cushing, a top-five team in 3A versus a top-five th- team in 4A. They're not too far apart, are they? No, not very, par- very far apart at all. Uh, so we'll see with that one. Um, Man, and then next week is the end of – non-district play and all of a sudden it's week four and you're going does football even start yet <laughs> why is it going so fast
2: aaron i'm saying that towards the end of october and going wait a minute we just finished the regular season that's
0: how fa- yeah that's how fast it flies it does we'll be on cool 94 big elk tv six thirty pregame came for a seven o'clock kick and down in hollis ParagonTV.com, the Tigers against belma Alma. Right, we'll be back for college football next.
1: Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018 and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Security is offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.
2: The Skinny on Sports. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?
0: And welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. There's still time, Jared. Even though you missed a week, there's still time.
2: There are uh, what I see about three or four who maybe signed up and forgot to pick. In our college football pick em. So you can still catch those guys. You can
0: definitely catch those guys. The Western Oklahoma Realty College pick em, ESPN's website. Come play along. There's going to be an awesome prize at the end. You just got to trust us. Get in there. When still have we got,
2: ever let you down? Never.
0: Never. Still got four months worth of picks. Plenty of time to make up nine measly games.
2: What's going to happen? Somebody's <coughs> going to have a couple of bad weeks, and they're just going to go, I'm done. I quit. And they're just going to stop picking.
0: Don't like, do that. It's like, uh, <laughs>
2: don't do that.
0: Fantasy football. Yeah, you see that I mean, all the time. You always got the guy that doesn't pay attention. I
2: may or may not have been guilty of that a few times. But yeah.
0: So, join us, Western Oklahoma Realty College, pick them. <clears throat> Maybe give me a ragweed pill.
2: Oh, my goodness, right?
0: Uh, it's on ESPN's website. We still have a link up on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page. Uh, the group is the skinny on sports. The message for the group is people before property. That is the motto at Western Oklahoma Realty. Tyler Harrison, Robbie Allen, and all the gang down there right here in 3rd Street, in Elk City, 225-6271. Call them for all your real estate needs. All right, college football weekend coming up. There's some sneaky good ones in the Big 12. Uh, nationally, not quite the same pop <clears throat> with ranked teams as there was last week. Uh, the big one, obviously, in name is Bama-Texas. But I think there are a couple better games in the Big 12, namely the last one of the night with BYU hosting Baylor. I also like uh, the, the game in Iowa uh, between Iowa State and Iowa. And maybe a little bit of a challenge for Oklahoma State hosting Arizona State.
2: I also like Houston at Texas too. Yeah, that one too. That's yeah. going to be entertaining. in Missouri at Kansas State. So the Big 12 uh, – A lot of eyes are going to be on the Big 12 this weekend because of games like that. You even got a Big 12 matchup between Kansas and West Virginia. Could that be sneaky good with the way Kansas scored points and West Virginia hung around Pitt? I'm with you. I don't think so. (laughs) Trying to add intrigue to this. But, yeah, there's a lot of good games in the conference alone. But, yeah, Alabama-Texas, that's going to get the, the biggest spotlight.
0: What is a success for Texas?
2: Lose like Notre Dame. Lose like Notre Dame did against Ohio State, because look at look what everyone's perception of Notre Dame was after that loss. What was it? Oh, better than we thought. Better than we thought. And then the perception of Ohio State was, oh, maybe not as good as we thought. If that happens this way, that's going to be the same reaction. So lose like Notre Dame. Yeah, that that's I think the best scenario for Texas. Well, the second best scenario. First would win. Second one would be lose close.
0: You know, what's interesting is I, this game, if it does return next year, depending on what happens with realignment and all that, but if it does return, I actually think Texas has a better chance, even though they're going to be on the road a year from now, than they do right now for a couple of reasons. One, quarterback will have another a year under his belt. And two, you realize UT is starting two true freshman tackles on, off, on the offensive line.
2: I did not realize that. Yes, but they I'm started really two true <laughs> freshman
0: tackles on the offensive line. Are we really expecting one of those guys to block Will Anderson all night long?
2: No. Nah. Well, he might be part of a double team trying to block Will Anderson all night long, but no. It's it's hard to see.
0: It really I mean that's that's the part where it feels like Bama has the just this gigantic edge is their defensive line against Texas's offensive line let, let me add to because the, here's the problem if you double team will Anderson you've got a guy named Dallas Turner on the other side, and whoever else they roll in there, so that's the part where it's, <laughs> it's yeah stuff let me
2: go back let me add to what what's the best another uh, what could be good for Texas if you lose don't look like numbskulls losing don't look like you just fig you know just you don't know how to play the game and that kind of goes back to us about you know look good losing but how many times have we seen texas lose I'm like good night look what they're doing they it do,
0: doesn't they- need to look like 2011 2012 yeah. ou texas yeah 2000 2003 doesn't need to the, look the like that. The
2: poor tackling, when you got five burnt orange jerseys around the ball carrier and they still can't get them down, stuff like that, you know. I mean, I mean there's been a lot of times. I mean, they've been the butt of a joke, obviously, for a lot of OU fans and, and rival A&M fans. But if they just look good losing.
0: Look like you actually look belong like, on the yeah, field exactly, with Alabama. Exactly. Which is hard to do. I it mean, is hard.
2: Alabama makes a lot of teams look silly. That's true.
0: But, I mean, that's you been don't, that,
2: that, but Texas, I'm when you're losing to Kansas, and the way you're losing to Kansas, is, it's, it's embarrassing. It's a, you're, You rightfully are the butt of a joke when you're losing to teams like that.
0: We're not giving them any chance, right, to actually win this game? No,
2: I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I not. Ju- It's just hard. I can't. And this isn't an OU fan talking. This is just a college football fan talking. They're not there yet.
0: Somebody that actually watches with their eyes.
2: Yeah, they're not there yet.
0: I don't either, but I, I agree 100%. If it can be a game where you look like you belong on the field, uh, it, similar to what Notre Dame did last week at Ohio State, I, I think that's that's a step in the right direction. I agree 100%. But if
2: they look like Oregon against Georgia, then yeah, that's come not, on. Not that's not going to look good.
0: Uh, Oklahoma State with Arizona State coming into town. Arizona State was really good on defense a week ago, uh, albeit against uh, Central Arizona – or Northern Arizona, I'm sorry. I only gave up six first downs – the pokes though that offense was humming right out of the gates in Stillwater. What do you see here? Uh, the first, the first challenge on the schedule for Oklahoma State, especially to that offense versus the defense that looks like it has a pulse.
2: Yeah, uh, maybe the defense's performance last week for Oklahoma State was a wake-up call. I don't know. Maybe now, you know, they're hearing all that rumblings, even though they know in their locker room, like, listen, that we we pulled some guys. It was guys 51-15, and, a minute yeah, into the third quarter. We they, had them killed. Right. And But they're hearing that. They're hearing uh, the fans and the media, kind of, well, what's going on with the defense? Well, they're not as good as last year. You know, that's got to rattle them up to hear that. Go, wait a minute. We can be as good as last year. That last year, yeah, that set the standard. We're going to meet that standard. So now they got a team out of the Pac 12 coming to town. They're, like, I, feel like they're going to be a little bit more motivated to play better defense and you're going to see those guys on the field longer too.
0: Uh I mean they they gave up 15 points in the first 12 possessions. And then all of a sudden you look up and they gave up 44 at the end you're going what happened? Well, you know what? The the first team defense that's
2: called good. taking the foot off the gas. That's right.
0: Now, one I'll, I'll reiterate this as I did when we came in here last Friday. This game is a is a real game. Yeah. Colin Oliver better be out there. Yes, there better not be a whole bunch of this rotating and everybody playing thirty percent of the snaps crap that we saw last week. Get your best player on the field, and this will be the first time where we can really watch that and see what those rotations are. Uh, You know, depth is is a great thing at times, but it can also be, it it can be fool's gold, and it could be a detriment to your team. If you're not playing the best guys, depth. There's a reason why there's twos. Yeah, it's great depth, but they're not as good as the guy in front of them. And no offense to to Trace Ford or Brock Martin, they aren't. They haven't. They're not better than Colin Oliver, right? Even though Colin Oliver is listed on the depth chart as as a two going into the first game, so he needs to be out there more than he was. And maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But that'll be the first. It's the first true test. I'll be looking for 30 and to make sure he's out there way more often than he was uh, last week against Central Michigan. OU-wise, Kent State scores a bunch of points. I think it'll be a better challenge for the OU defense this week than it was last week against UTEP. Uh, A a similar style uh, to the game. Uh, I think I read some stuff uh, that uh, uh, Kent State's coach actually Learned some of this offense uh, from Jeff Levy himself uh, years ago. Yeah, so very hurry up. yeah, Very fast, get lined up, have guys ready to go, knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kent State doesn't put up a few more points than what UTEP did a week ago. Having said that, if Oklahoma's going to be better on defense, that doesn't need to happen.
2: Agreed. Yeah, that you're going to – I think we'll see – Little bit more points, but I think OU's offense after how they started and then they kind of bogged down the second quarter and then picked it back up in the third and fourth. I think they'll find a little bit more rhythm and might see a little more um, from Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel. Shouldn't be much of a test. I, I, honestly, I don't see it much of a test.
0: No, <clears throat> it shouldn't be. You're right about that. Around the country, uh, what are you thinking here? Uh, so, some of the better games uh, to me. Two candidates – or actually three candidates for what's going to be the best game of the day. One of those is in the Big 12 with Baylor going out to BYU. That line is that line is scary if you're a Baylor fan, I think, because when you look at who – you look at one team is ranked way higher than the other. That same team that's ranked way higher than the other team uh, is a defending Big 12 champion. And you look at the line, and they're an underdog. That's, yeah. That should that, – that should – put a little antenna up like whoa 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 wait a minute what's going on here so i I think that's last game of the night should be fantastic the other two i've got my eyes on kentucky going to florida and also tennessee in a return game at Pitt.
2: those are the two i'm looking at and i've already mentioned houston at texas tech houston coming off was a triple overtime double or Double or triple overtime and they're barely in the top 25 texas tech Looks solid in their opener. I that that's kind of a sneaky game for uh, for the Cougars, but yeah, Tennessee Pitt at Pitt. Can, are the Pitt fans high in mind, or are, are they fat and happy after beating their their rivals in West Virginia? Will they return in earnest like they did in that first game? You think they would when an SEC team, ranked SEC team in Tennessee's coming to town? So that that could be a fun one. Um, look at the others, other I mean. There's not a lot. Iowa, Iowa State's kind of intriguing. Iowa somehow winning without scoring a touchdown. Iowa State, they the offense looked all right. So those are ones that kind of stand out to me. There's obviously not as big of a slate in week uh, in week two as compared to week one, and that's expected. But there are still some intriguing games, and of course, we're always going to look at USC and Stanford. We're always going to keep an eye on that one, and then maybe. Nah, not really. Not Nebraska. They're playing Georgia Southern. Should be a layup for them as they prepare for OU.
0: Only reason you'd look at Nebraska is if something doesn't go right.
2: Well, that's when you suddenly start, when <laughs> oh. you're suddenly on the, the the social medias and you start seeing Nebraska, LOL, Nebraska, what's going on? And then you just turn it there and like, what is going on here? Usually that, that's been a trend, speaking of social media, a trend last few years with Nebraska. People watch him to lose.
0: <laughs> I'll be anxious to see what Pitt offensively. You know, last week Slovis, they didn't necessarily unleash him. Just 16 of 24, he did throw for three hundred eight in a touchdown. But Pitt only ran the ball for 76 yards against that West Virginia defense. So, do they try to make some changes a little bit and put more trust in Slovis, spreading things out and letting him sling it around a little bit more against Tennessee – uh, obviously, Hendon Hooker in Tennessee, he's one of those names that you've heard and probably don't realize how good he is yet. You know, he, he's, uh, he's been pretty good for Josh Heupel. Uh, and Tennessee also has the revenge factor in this game because Pitt went to Neyland Stadium and beat them a year ago. Uh, another one in staying in the SEC just uh, right down the street or right down I-40 here a little ways in north. Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina Commander Cox go to Arkansas and the hogs Mm. speaking of fat and happy arkansas coming off uh, that win over a ranked cincinnati team it was a good game throughout now spencer rattler and the gamecocks come to town uh, in a kind of you would seem it seemed to me to be just a little bit of a letdown spot for sam Pittman's arkansas razorbacks
2: yeah and a chance for spencer rattler to uh he did not just looking at his – did you see his line? He wasn't very good. He wasn't very good. And it's a chance for him and South Carolina. Kind of a could be a coming out party for them. They will get a lot of attention if they can go into uh, Arkansas and win. So they could be catching Arkansas at the right time. Like you said, coming off that wind uh, against uh, a, uh, a playoff team last year in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I, that would be an interesting one.
0: Yeah, Rattler, 23 of 37, 227, had a touchdown but two picks. And then K.J. Jefferson on the other side for Arkansas. Still didn't see him throw it down the field a ton against uh, the Cincinnati defense. He was 18 of 26 for 223, did throw three touchdowns. Uh, But I don't think they've quite figured out how to unleash him just yet. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a big old dude Mm -hmm. that has a cannon for an arm. It's just a matter of getting him where they need him to be.
2: Stay in the SEC. This it, might be wishful thinking, hoping this is going to be a good game. But Wake Forest at two and zero Vanderbilt.
0: Wake gets Hartman back.
2: They do get Hartman back. Has he? I mean, how long was he out? Not practicing with them, right? And now he's back. This is in Nashville again. Wake Forest ranked twenty third. There's a lot of uh, expectations with them. Now that could be returning because Hartman's back and Vanderbilt again 2-0 against nobody. And it's Vanderbilt, let's face it. They're always the 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 doormat of the SEC. But Vanderbilt might be um, – they might actually have a, a a lot of people in their stadium to watch this one. 2-0 and a ranked team coming to town.
0: Vandy's put up some points now. 63 against Hawaii in, in week one, 42 against Elon in week two, averaging over 500 yards a game. Here's the problem.
2: Goes against Hawaii and Elon. <laughs> that
0: and they've averaged giving up almost 430 a game. On the other side, uh, Wake Forest with 506 per game on offense. So, yeah, I mean, if Hartman – I think the one thing that keeps this game close, possibly, is if Hartman does have a ton of rust because he's been away. Yeah. And trying to figure that out. But outside of that –
2: but listen, the best yeah, SEC big, versus Big 12 game is Missouri-Kansas State. Or will be Missouri-Kansas yeah. State.
0: Drinkwitz needs to get things turned around. He's, this is kind of a year for him at Missouri to really show that things are sort of heading back on the right track. K-State's everybody's darling in the Big 12 uh, as a surprise possibility as a champion. If you're Kansas State, you have to win this game. And this is a week for the Big 12 that will loom large later down the line. Because if they can run the table, if Tech can beat Houston, K-State win this game, Iowa State beat Iowa, Oklahoma State beat Arkansas, or or, I'm sorry, Arizona State. BYU lose to Baylor. I mean, this is a huge week perception-wise for the Big 12, and it'll matter down the line if there's a one-loss Big 12 champ, and you start comparing resumes and who beat who. This is a huge week for the Big 12 in that regard, and you know, obviously, the marquee one could be if if Texas somehow pulled off the shocker. But, but even then, like we talked about earlier, Texas just looking like they belong on the field with Alabama will help and not just getting blown out, especially if Texas turns around and has a pretty good year in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to be the, oh, golly, the third-place team in, in the Big 12 who's got beat on their home field by 50 by Alabama. That's not going to be a good talking point.
2: No, if they, if they lose by, <clears throat> I don't know, 10 or 14 in, in a – in a fighter, yeah, say they chance. lose by
0: ten, and then they end up being the sixth place, sixth place team in the Big Twelve. Yeah. That makes the Big Twelve look good. That's true. That's true. Versus what we figure will be either the best or the second best team in the SEC. So yeah, that, I mean that it all matters with four. You know what I mean? It yeah. still all matters uh, with four teams being in that playoff at the end of the season, right? Anything from the pros uh, that you're looking forward to this weekend?
2: Well, you know Dallas. We're we'll always keeping an eye on them. Uh, the the uh, The soap opera, which is Carolina versus Cleveland, um, that'll be a fun one that we can watch, according to Jim. We can watch and, it, and uh, just those 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 two kind of stand out. Sure. How about you?
0: I want to see what Cincinnati looks like against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's there's, there's that. always that curse of the Super Bowl runner up that seem to have horrible seasons the next year and right. miss the playoffs a ton of times. I want to see Tua against Belichick in that defense for, for the Pats just to see, make sure he's going to be okay. I think Raiders-Chargers is a heck of a game week one, as is Green Bay, Minnesota. As that Man, that 3 o'clock window, 325 window is awesome. Raiders-Chargers, Packers-Vikes, and also Chiefs-Cardinals. It's three really good games. I bet somebody wishes they'd have put one of those at noon. Uh, except for they're all on the kind of the West Coast. But yeah, I think, man, uh, yeah, I think there's that. Obviously, Dallas is is of note for us. <clears throat> and yeah, Carolina, Cleveland, for sure. People are going to be tuned into that thing, no doubt about it. But I know this we'll overreact to whatever happens. Everybody will. Yes. Like, Everybody will. Like it's happening today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jared, yeah. Jared honestly
0: had a replica of the Lombardi, and he was polishing <laughs> it down there on his desk for picking the bills this morning. Uh, we'll go I that far. <laughs> All right, Big Elks uh. tonight versus Canadian. Big Elk TV, cool 94, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. Also on Paragon TV, Hollis and Belma Alma at 7. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Wow.